Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Whiskey Sessions podcast. I'm A Metz with B Pimp, and yeah, we have the whiskey we have today. Why don't you tell them a little bit about it? It is Four Roses uh, single barrel bourbon, and it is a um, bourbon made in Louisville, Kentucky. I was just there, which we'll talk about today. Nice. But it is um, a little tiny bottle I picked up for us to taste at the top of this episode, and it's their single barrel, which is their highest um, like cost version of their bourbon. They have like a small batch and a, a basic one that they make. But I tasted them when we were down there, and this one was really good. So... So this, some is for us. this single barrel. Take a little bit of it here. It smells good. What uh, proof is this? 100 proof. Ooh, that is nice. Yeah, it's very smooth though. Like, it you is can, smooth. You can definitely still taste the, um, like it's got that warmth. Actually, what they call it down there is the Kentucky hug. <laughs> when it goes down, when it goes down and it's like a little warm. That's yeah, what they call it, it definitely has that kind of warmth to it. But it, the thing that impressed me about this one, when we did the taste test at the distillery, I was just there, mm-hmm. um, they had us taste this, they had us taste all three in ascending order, so like the most basic one, then their small batch, which is like in between, and then this one, which I thought was the best. And they were explaining like their recipe and how they get the taste that they get from each one. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting to like actually think about that and then try it. And I think it's. I think this one's really smooth. That's like the thing that stands out the most. But it's also got some spice to it. It does. That's a little bit. I like it. I mean, it, and for it being the first whiskey we're trying at the the start of this podcast, it's it was a good pick. Yeah. So, what did you like about? Would it be a distillery itself? Yeah, distillery. Um, it, th- this one, the thing I liked the most about Four Roses actually was the architecture because it's a the the person who built it um in louisville actually it's in lawrenceburg it's in the louisville area i should say um but the person who built it was a was spanish so they had a spanish it had like a spanish mission house style to it Um, it was like a yellow um like adobe looking kind of you don't think you would facility. see that in Louisville? No, it, was, it stuck out. It was really cool. And it was just beautiful. Like, when you drive up to it, you see it from a distance. It's You can you can start to see, like, the different buildings. And it just looks really cool in that area. Huh. And I thought that was good. What else did you like about Louisville? Um, in general, like, we did go to Four Roses, and then we went to Buffalo Trace. That's going to have to which, be one we have later. Yeah, which is... We had the Eagle Rare previously which they make mm-hmm. that is really good I, I believe as we refer to it like that um, that eagle whiskey <laughs> <laughs> you know buffalo trace no the eagle one <laughs> yeah and yeah, no, i remember that yeah <laughs> that was a lot of going back and forth of i couldn't remember what the hell we drank i forgot it too though but then, yeah. then when we were at the place and we were looking at it i was like oh of course <laughs> um but i like that one because the first of all like the compound itself is huge it's like just a lot of land where the mm-hmm. Buffalo Trace Distillery is. And they've been continuously distilling whiskey, bourbon since 1787. That is crazy. They were one of four distilleries that was able to stay open during Prohibition. Huh. And the reason for that, which I learned, is because they were able to dispense bourbon as a medicine. So they got a permit from the government to keep making it during Prohibition. Well, so now I wonder, like... During Prohibition, how hard was it to get 
like bourbon prescribed to you by a doctor. I don't think it was that hard based on what they told us. Yeah. It seemed like something that doctors would do. And she, the, the tour guide said that it was something they liked to do because it was something they knew. Because if you think about it, back then, mm-hmm. there wasn't kind of, it wasn't as advanced as it is today. So they knew that they were pre- prescribing something where at least they knew there was a standard to how it was being made. Because right. there was already a bourbon standard where you had to make it by these federal laws. So they were like, okay, I feel safer prescribing that, even with liquor, and we think it would be silly today to prescribe liquor to someone. They were <laughs> like, like, still. <laughs> well, it's, you know, the Irish whiskey is the old cold cure. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. There was only four that stayed open during yeah, that time. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But, it, this, but Buffalo Trace was probably the coolest from, like, a historical perspective. But then we also went to Copper and Kings, which is, like, only a couple years old. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a really cool, like, architecturally, it's just awesome. Like, their theme is orange and black. So it's like a, um, they have, like, these train cars, basically, that make up their buildings for their distillery. Mm -hmm. And uh, they make brandy, not whiskey. Okay. Brandy, which is fruit-based, whereas whiskey is grain-based. Now, it's like brandy, is it a specific fruit? Yeah, they make this. It's the same kind of stuff that you you would. They basically get wine material. Okay. But then they distill it into a liquor rather than for, you know ferment it into a wine. That seems kind of like, you know, Puff Daddy, P Diddy's vodka, uh-huh. Ciroc. Yeah. Is not made with potatoes. It's made with grapes. Oh. It's fake vodka. Fake vodka. Yeah. Of course it is. So. Why doesn't they just call it a brandy then? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but they make... they it's make, clear. Yeah. They make brandy and then they make absinthe as well. Which absinthe is... I bought a little bottle of lavender infused absinthe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty good. And uh, the, the thing that was cool about that place is we went down into their cellar where they have their barrels of brandy aging. And short, story, short version of the story is you can't... A, you can't move around barrels of brandy the way you can move around barrels of bourbon or whiskey that are distilling because or that are um, aging because it's more delicate so they can't like move them to get them to move in the barrel and like age better they have to they well they don't have to do this but they choose to use music to do that so they'll play music really loud and then that the the sound waves will basically cause a little ripple in each barrel that's just enough just enough to get it moving a little bit which, that was really cool. How did they... F- I wonder how they, like, figured out just, like, how much bass yeah. was just the right amount of bass. I don't know. They, it seems like they just have it playing all the time, so it must just be a mix. Huh. And they just figure, in the long run, it'll... Even out. Even out, yeah. But that was probably the coolest... I was not expect. Like, I know... I knew enough about how most liquors are made to, like, kind of be following along. But then when we got down there and they had, like... NWA playing at the time when we went down on the tour, and I was like, "What's going on down here? Is somebody just partying?" But it was no, it's it's work music. It's work. Yeah. Oh, I should send them the eight oh nine oh album. Work yeah, music to work play. music. It's got some bass to it. Yep. If anything, I think I mixed it too bass heavy. But it's perfect for brandy. See, these are the things that we got to figure out, like marketing wise. I'm sure we can make some money if we sent down like whiskey sessions. Yeah. And of course they'd want to listen to that. We could record a whole album where we're singing to a barrel of brandy. That's not a terrible idea. So then, <laughs> so then they could play it and be like, they're, they're being 
they're being sensitive to the brandy barrel's needs. Right. Because we're singing to it. That's that's gonna be whiskey sessions too. It's called whiskey sessions. Whiskey sessions too. Brandy music. Brandy music. <laughs> yes. This is for you, Brandy. <laughs> What's Brandy up to? <laughs> I haven't heard from her in a while. Do you think is she still in a feud with Monica? Oh, Moesha Brandy. Yeah. Um, is there another Brandy? I don't know. Is there? Yeah. There's Brandy from that song. This is Brandy. You're oh. a fine girl. Well, that's really old. Yeah. No, I'll admit right now that it was silly of me to not know exactly which prank <laughs> that you're talking about immediately. But I don't know what she's doing. Yeah. She made a lot of money. So I feel yeah, like she, she might just be calling it a career. She's probably got like products that she makes or something. Yeah. That's usually what happens, right? Plus, it's not like she had the... I don't think she... Her voice is good, but it's not like the kind of voice that would... She couldn't go into like an older diva mode necessarily. I don't think her voice is that good. She's not like a Mary J. Blige. Right. Or an Anita Baker. Did you see the clip of Mary J. Blige singing to Hillary Clinton? No. It is the most awkward thing. Like, it's an interview that Mary J. Blige is giving to Hillary Clinton. I don't know why. But then Mary J. Blige just starts, like, singing a song for a minute. Okay. And Hillary is just sitting there looking pretty uncomfortable. Like, she doesn't know how to be in that situation. Right. And it's... it's so weird and she's just yeah she's just sitting there like awkwardly for a minute while mary j blige just goes off and does her thing well did you see the between two ferns yes with her she did well on that she did well on that she's not like a natural like actor really but um she just is able to respond with like a little bit of a funny comment yeah and she has a good face (laughs) for looking pissed off exactly (laughs) I, the best part was when they played the Trump ad during the interview. She was like, why would you do that? <laughs> How would you rank Louisville out of cities you've been to? On a scale of terrible to a city you could move to? I thought I was very impressed with it. I liked it a lot. I could definitely see myself living there. Yeah, because I, I want to spend more time there. Because when Maggie and I, we drove to Nashville once. I also like Nashville. Nashville's great, but like... Uh, in one direction we ended up going just like through Louisville Mm -hmm. and just drove past it but I was like impressed with it was a much bigger town slash city than I thought it was yeah and it's pretty big I thought it looked a lot cooler than like Indianapolis yeah I like it I would put it really pretty high up there Um, I'm a big fan of Madison, Wisconsin Madison's nice which is probably at the top of my like I've we've multiple times discussed possibly moving there Mm mhm but Louisville, I could totally see myself live. The only thing that I would consider is it's even it's almost even more extreme of a temperature switch than Chicago is. Like they have really humid yeah. summers and really and the winter's not quite as bad as Chicago's winter, but it's still like it's an extreme shift. So huh. that's like the only thing that maybe would That would be tough about it. Yeah. But I think I'm so used to Chicago that I could deal with that. Yeah, I think that wouldn't be too bad, because, like, the winters wouldn't be as bad. Right. And that's actually my biggest complaint with Chicago. I think I can deal with the Chicago summers. Yeah. But the winters are, like, pretty long. It was, I liked Louisville, too, because the, um, they have both a really good food scene, mm-hmm. and, of course, it's, like, the hotbed of bourbon. Like, it's where 95% of bourbon is made. So, yeah. like, it's... That's key. That's amazing. And as then, long and as then the have, beer, too. If you have your food and drink covered... Yeah. Like... The nice thing is, like, a lot of cities have their own, like, beer scene coming right. with all, like, these microbrews, but to have that kind of history is nice, too. Louisville's got all three. 
They got the they got the spirit, the beer, and the food. Maybe we, whenever we do some touring, we should hit up Louisville. We can do a live remote broadcast from Louisville at a bur- at a distillery. That'd be great. And if we wanted to do like a live like band show there, maybe we could play at that. Uh, well, I'm thinking that like if we go on a tour that we can like with a band bring our music and play in the basement of the brandy place yeah to make sure that all the brandy is good yeah it all gets gets the proper amount of tlc we could maybe play some tlc too and that because like we don't have enough songs so we could just do our creep. songs and then some tlc covers <laughs> we could do some creeps we, should, we could do the entirety of fan mail creep. <laughs> My vocal range is about the same as hers. Because <laughs> I'm a winner. Don't go chasing waterfalls. That's how it sounded, right? Yeah, I think that's about right. Her voice might be a little bit deeper than I that. I remember hearing it every day on B96 as a kid, so. Yeah, they were popular. Oh, yeah. God damn, we should do a TLC cover. <laughs> TLC is uh, underrepresented these days. <laughs> They also had a good, like, two, the, both restaurants we went to when we were there were, like, unbelievably good. Is there, like, a special kind of food that they're known for? Barbecue. Really? Yeah. Ah, yes, I would move there. Yeah. That's the one weird thing about Chicago is, not that Chicago doesn't have some good barbecue, but yeah, it it's does. just, like, it seems like it, for a city as big as Chicago is, it should have more good barbecue. Mm-hmm. Like, there's only a handful of places that I think are good. Yeah, the one down by where I live, Neat, is one of the good ones. Yeah. They have good you, I've heard good things about Uncle Bub's by you. Yeah, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't gone in there. Even though I've lived there for five years. I yeah. I, I have heard it's really good, though. Maybe next time I'm out there, we should go there. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, a few places up here. I'm, like, I'm in Logan Square, Chicago. And there's Smalls and... Uh, Smoke, which are both like three miles away, that are good. But yeah, Chicago could use some more places. That's Louisville had. Well, the first place we went to was called Doc Cruz. That was like a. It was a barbecue, like a Texas style barbecue. Okay. Um, joint and it was they called it like a raw. Oh, um, that's not raw meat. No, it was like a. They had raw in it somehow, but it wasn't that the meat was raw. That's good. It was something That's like, like the opposite of barbecue. No, it was something in the title like that. I can't remember now. I sound like an idiot, but whatever. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. I got like this um, butter roasted chicken that was. I didn't even. Pu- I didn't even think about putting a sauce on it. Huh. I just wanted to. It was so good. Like the skin was like really crispy. It was delicious. That's. Is there like any kind of specific sort of like Kentucky or Louisville style? barbecue in general they have a sauce that like if you get louisville style barbecue sauce it's got a specific taste to it that is like a mix of like it's a little bit sweet but it also has some of that like mesquite kind of flavor to it so it's like their style of sauce is really what i know is like unique about it i'm sure there's other things about how they prepare food that are you know specific to louisville but well yeah, no, I want to go there and, you know, whatever the city of Louisville wants to pass for this essential ad, 
for... It's been a long one. <laughs> for their city. Yeah. We'll accept whatever. Do you want to get into our top five list? Absolutely. So, if you're listening for the first time, what we do for every episode is a top five list of, well, really anything. You can send your suggestions if you want us to cover. In the past, we've covered top five serials. We've covered top five hip-hop groups. Comic book characters. Comic book characters. So, if you have your ideas, please email us at whiskey sessions music at gmail.com and uh yeah we'll do them on a future podcast but the one we are doing for this podcast is james bond movies more than four less than six is the top five all right so let's start with our number five what is your Number five, James Bond. My number five is a bit of a controversial choice. Oh, it is I don't like it. The Man with the Golden Gun. What? Yeah! Oh, no. It is probably the worst Bond movie. It's not the worst. It's one of them. But it's I'm putting it in the top five list strictly because of how awesome Christopher Lee is. Christopher Lee is As Scaramanga. Awesome. Yeah. He's so good in that movie. Like, he, him, his role as a villain... I'm partial to... Because... Bond is always there, so I'm always like looking for like a villain or a ancillary character that right. will differentiate things for me. The and I villain, thought he was just so good. He was really good. The villain or the henchman have got to be good, right? And he had yeah, knickknack, knickknack, knickknack's pretty good. Knickknack's great. So I um in that little island house. That's like the setting is good. Um, so it is nice. Like that movie outside of. The villain and the henchman has its problems. Yeah. I can't even remember what the plot is leading up to it. He... There's still, like, some ninja stuff in there. Well, he was... Yeah, but he was looking... Scaramanga wanted to take Bond out. Right. Because he was, like, a practiced assassin. And I remember there's, like, Scaramanga has a third nipple. Yeah. And they, like, focus on that a little too much. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite part is weird is when... Bond finds his hideout and he goes to it. He takes one of those pl- like pontoon planes almost uh-huh. that's got the things on it so it can float on the water. Oh yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, he lands it very close to the beach and then he just lets it like run off and like it gets destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> like, he doesn't even care about the plane. That's gotta be expensive. I know. I was like, it's not just disposable, Bond. <laughs> he was like, I don't, he's like, well, I'm here now. I don't need to worry about leaving. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. What's your five? My number five, I spent a lot of time thinking about this, because there were so many that just, like, I had to leave off. Um, My number five is Goldeneye. And I think it's the best of the Brosnans, uh, Bonds. He did four. And, like, it's got a good villain in Alec Trevelyan. Uh, It's got um, Xena on a top, who's an awesome, like, I don't know if you call her a henchman, almost. She is. She kills people with her strong thighs. Yeah, what a great idea. It's amazing. And, you know, it doesn't make a difference to the movie specifically, but the video game is so good. Oh, God. The best. Yeah. And plus, it was like the first Bond movie in about seven years. Like, yeah. That's the longest Bond break. Since The Living Daylights, right? Uh, or License to Kill. License to Kill, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, no, it, was, it, it was a good movie. Plus... He had him riding a tank. Right. Which is cool, too. That was my number four, so I'm just going to keep the keep the golden eye talk going. Yeah. Um, the game you mentioned, that's key, because that game was great. That's so what introduced great. me to multiplayer, because I would just play with my friends and, like, 
somebody would pick uh, the knickknack, and it would be so annoying because he's like little. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you can't. Or no, it's Oddjob. Or Oddjob was he? No, he wasn't little. He was also kind of little. Okay. They made it like shorter than average. Yeah. And it it was cheating to be Oddjob. It was cheating. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If your friends picked Oddjob, it said something about your friends. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But I think I think you nailed all the key points of why that's a good. Yeah, but if you pick Jaws in that game, then what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> like, right? Uh, Way the guy, to the target. The guy who played Jaws was also the big scary boss in Happy Gilmore, by the way. He was also in an... It took me a long time to put that together. He was also, when he was young, he was in this movie called Ega. Have you ever seen that? It was oh. a bad, like, probably like late 60s sci-fi movie that they parodied on Mystery Science Theater 3000, mm. where he played like a caveman who was frozen... And then weird. woke up in California, and it was like a showcase for this weird, terrible singer pop idol they were trying to push. It was weird. So, another suggestion, go watch <laughs> Ega. <laughs> wow, how is that even spelled? It's E-E-G-A-H with an exclamation point. Oh my god. <laughs> it's bad, but awesome. What's All your right. four? My number four is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I like this movie a lot. The problem is, it's George Lazenby, and as an actual Bond, he's not very good. Uh-huh. But the movie itself, if they had gotten a good Bond for it, might be my number one. First of all, like, it's not that... For a Bond movie, it's not very ridiculous. Which, some, I, I could see that, like, some people like the ridiculousness of right. a lot of Bond movies. But it's got... The Bond girl is one of the best, if not the best. Uh, I forget what the actual actress's name is, but she is now in Game of Thrones as, like, one of the grandmothers, which is kind of awesome. Huh. Uh, so she's still acting. But, um, yeah, it's just, like, really well made, like, good skiing scenes and an ending that is totally unlike any Bond movie. That I don't even think they would do that in any other Bond movie. Okay. So that's my number four. All right. My number three is Thunderball. Thunderball. And I like Thunderball. Well, one th- reason I like Thunderball is I that as a kid, that was the only one we had on DVD, I want to say. So I watched it the most. Um, that makes a difference. Yeah. And I liked Bond. My dad's a big Bond fan, so he passed that on to me. So we'd watch like the TBS like Easter marathon that they do. Mm-hmm. And they'll play them all, all day. Um, but we had that one. So... I could watch that one more, and plus it's Sean Connery, who, in my opinion, is the best Bond, and I liked the underwater scene where he approaches that, he's trying to get into that facility, and he has to, like, get the wetsuit on, and with the, like, the underwater breathing thing, and it's, like, kind of crazy, so I like, there's things about it that I like, I just thought, I think it's really solid, it's one I could watch over and over again. It's a good one, I like the Bond girl in that one, too. Yeah. I think she's underrated. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, uh... Thunderball's a good one. Uh, my number three is The Spy Who Loved Me. Ooh. Which I'm not even sure I'd ever seen until recently. Uh, but I think it's the best Roger Moore one. It's got, first of all, it's got the first appearance of Jaws. Okay. Um, is it the one with the creepy twins, too? Uh, Doctor. It's like Mr. or something. In- oh, no, no, no. Okay. That's Diamonds Are Forever. Oh, that's right. Okay. That sorry. That one. That movie is like pretty awesomely bad. Okay. I thought about putting that on here. Yeah. But anyway, it's got Jaws. Um, it's got like 
that weird like aquatic layer. Good Bond girl. Like the plot is pretty similar to Thunderball. Mm-hmm. Um, as like about three Bond movies have that same plot. Yeah. But it's got the British and the Russians working together. Not common in a Bond movie. Right. But yeah, so that's that's my number three. Number two for me is Skyfall. Alright. Which I like primarily because that was like when Daniel Craig took over, that mm-hmm. was his third. Right. And the first two were excellent, I thought. I like Casino Royale a little bit better than Squam Salas, I would say. Mm-hmm. But Skyfall was one that I went to with the like the most renewed like enthusiasm because I went and saw it in the theater with Lisa. And I was like, yes, we get to go see the new Bond movie. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I remember just, it totally met all my expectations, and I really enjoyed it. And that has left a positive impression for me. Yeah, I could see that. Like, <clears throat> Skyfall, I really, I liked it a lot when I saw it in theaters. Like, the more I thought about it, all Bond movies have, like, funny plot things. Yeah. I guess my only issue is, like, there's, Skyfall was pretty different for a Bond movie. There wasn't, like, a... Plot-wise, there was... It was about protecting M, and, like, Judy Dench is in that movie so much. Mm-hmm. I couldn't decide if I liked that she was in the movie so much or didn't like <laughs> that she was in the movie so much. It was also really contrived, like, to get them to his... That cottage. Right. And in retrospect, the funny thing about that movie is... No spoiler, but, like, ultimately, that was a bad plan. You're right. And... Mission failed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. So, I, I think that's kind of the funny thing about Skyfall. But yeah. Like, that's, it, Enjoyable. It's, it's, it looks great. Yeah. And Daniel Craig has been a good Bond. Yeah, he's good. He mixes, like, the seriousness, but... Because, not to get too off on a tangent, but Timothy no, Dalton... Uh, Timothy Dalton was an underrated Bond, in my opinion. I think so, yeah. Because he was... But he was, like, too serious. That was his drawback. He right. was like, Roger Moore had gone too campy, yeah, so then they wanted to have that. somebody serious, yeah. and it was like too far serious, and then Pierce Brosnan just kind of didn't have the gravitas that I expect in a Bond. He didn't. To me. It wasn't clear what he was going for. Yeah. He was good. He was slick, but he yeah. wasn't like, like Timothy Dalton was good. You knew it was like, okay, this is a badass. Yeah. But then, so like Daniel Craig mixes that to me, because he's like, he's a good looking guy, he's serious, he's... He, he portrays it as a badass, but he's also able to, you're able to have, like, some sense of ease watching it. You're not, like, uptight right. about it. And I feel like overall Bond movies are about enjoyability. It's not like, I'm not going to put these up there on my list of top five cinematic masterpieces. It's, right. <laughs> it's about, like, how much fun was it? No, he does a good job with that. I mean, he does a really good job with action scenes. Right. I would say the only thing Daniel Craig can't really do is, like quippy one-liners. Right. Um, but you don't need too many of those. Sean Connery was the king of that. Yeah, he could do that. And then Roger Moore had a bunch, too. Yeah. Even Pierce Brosnan had them, and some of them were terrible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my number two, sticking with Daniel Craig, is Casino Royale. Ah. Which, like, that, that he, it was his first movie. It's so good. It's closer to the book than I realized, because I, I didn't read the book till later. It's just a really well-made movie. My only complaint with it maybe is the pacing is a little odd, and it seems to have, like, three endings. Mm-hmm. But, like, Le Chiffre, good villain. Yeah. 
A uh, lot of good action scenes. The parkour scene at the beginning is looks amazing. Yeah, that's crazy. That yeah. part is crazy. It's no, that's a really good bomb movie. Yeah, that would that actually might be one of the best, the most well done action sequences they've ever done. I think mm-hmm. for Bond, my number one da, 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 is Goldfinger, mm. and that may be a little bit. I, I know there's. I've met people that are very. How would I put it? They take Bond very seriously, and they probably would hate my top five list of Bond movies. No, I think your top five list is good. <laughs> it's good. I mean, I'm not saying that to like deflect it. It's just that Goldfinger, to me, even though it's probably not a consensus as like anybody's favorite movie, I like it because it is... The villain is great. Goldfinger himself is a great villain. The... the, the it's got the crazy stuff in it, like the woman who's killed by being painted gold. <laughs> So yeah. she can't her skin like no, suffocates. Yeah. And then the the whole thing with like the cards where he's got like the system set up to like cheat. <laughs> you know you remember that? The Goldfinger guy's sitting outside by the pool <laughs> and he's got like a person looking at the other guy's cards. There's just so much awesome stuff in that movie. They play golf. Yeah, I think golf Bond scene. wins on some weird kind of like technicality or something. Yeah, because like Goldfinger had somebody che- odd job cheating for him. Yeah. Like Plus it's got odd job. Yeah. Who throws his hat at things. That hat is so great. Yeah. When they're in the fort, or the vault, with the gold at the end, and he throws it and he gets electrocuted. Because <laughs> <laughs> the steel hits, like, the power line. Yeah, I for, like, Goldfinger is good. I maybe should have had it in my top five. The only complaint I have with Goldfinger is that it, it doesn't have as many of the, like, exotic locations as some other Bond movies. Yeah. I don't really like the Bond movies that are set in the U.S. It's like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's true. But, um... No, that's a good one. My number one is from Russia with Love, ah. which is the one right before Goldfinger. Yes. But that one, it's got, well, it's the second Bond movie overall, and Dr. No is fine, but you can, like, tell that, like, that movie is kind of trying to find its footing. Right. Like, from Russia with Love, it's got, like, it's the first, I think, it's the first time you, I don't know if you see him, but it's got, like, or Stavro Rolfo. Yeah, for the first, like, that he's even mentioned. Is that the Donald Pleasance version of him? Or the... I don't... There's been, like, four different actors who played him. Or Tully Savalas? It's not Tully Savalas. It might be Donald Pleasance, but I don't think they ever show his face. Oh, okay, okay, got it. I could be wrong about that. But, uh, it's got, like, Red Grant and Irma Bunt, and I love long train scenes, and a lot of that movie's on a train. That's the most memorable part of that, to me, yeah. is the train... Plus it has, the t- they go to like a gypsy camp, which is like kind of ridiculous and would not fly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a movie now. Yeah. There are a lot of Bond things that would not fly in There's a movie There's a now. lot of, a we have to lot. do honorable mentions because yeah. some of mine had involved. Some of mine, yeah. But like, yeah, just the train scene, like a good train fight scene. Yeah. Um, and I like the Bond girl a lot. And yeah, I don't know. That one's just like, it's just, it's like when Bond became Bond. Yeah. To me. So that's my number one. So which one, I'm already forgetting, which one's got the ridiculous racist stuff going on? Live and Let Die. Live and Let Die. That's in my honorable mentions because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. But, okay, tell me this, because that movie's super racist. (laughs) But I think another one that is underratedly racist is You Only Live Twice, where he pretends to be Japanese. (laughs) Yeah, and they don't even... They, like, barely tried to do it. Barely tried. All they did was they did something with his eyes. Yeah. And then 
he walked around like hunched, which somehow is like the trait of Japanese people. I think they just went up to Sean Connery and said, you need to channel a Japanese guy. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Watch me. I've been working on this. Lose thing. myself in this role. <laughs> the only thing that could have been more racist is if he was doing like a stereotypical Asian voice. Yeah. And let me just say, like, if you haven't read the books... Like, a lot of the old James Bond movies, even maybe some of the newer ones, like, are pretty racist and sexist. Yeah. But if you want racist and sexist, the books, holy shit, they are, like, sometimes I have difficulty, like, reading them. Yeah. They're, like, all of them have (laughs) some part that are are just, like, absurdly racist or sexist or both. So, if that's your thing, really, you should be reading the books. Well, we mentioned, uh... But I will say, outside of the overall racism of it, I kind of like Live and Let Die. But yeah, the, one of the things I like about that one is um, Yafik Kato's in it, and he was in like a couple movies with Pam Greer and the Black, like around the era of the black exploitation movies. Oh, okay. And he's like a he most of the time he would play like a like a good guy in the movies. He was obviously a villain in this one, mm-hmm. but he's a really good actor, and I thought that lended credibility to the movie because yeah. if they would have had somebody who was iffy. That would have been... It would have taken it from, like, campy, racist, and sort of entertaining to, like, oh, like, this is yeah. terrible. Yeah, that would not have been good. Yeah. The one problem I have with that movie, and also have it with uh, The Man with Golden Gun, is that Southern Sheriff Oh in yeah. both movies, and he's insufferable. Why is he in those? I don't know. They had a long scene in one of the long. two... Long. ...where he was... When there was, like, that chase in the river... Yeah, that's the that's live and let die. Yeah, and then in Man with the Golden Gun, he's like, they're in Europe, like he's with his wife vacationing in Europe. Oh yeah, and then he shows up again. It's like, why are you also in this movie? Do you have any? Have you ever researched why that guy showed up in? This? I heard something. Of, well, no, I don't know why exactly. Other than they just liked him for some reason. Also, believe it or not, he's not actually Southern. Like it's like it's the worst accent. And it's just... Ugh. Wasn't it... Am I oversimplifying? Wasn't it basically just him being exasperated? Yeah. For like an hour total? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's like... Oh, like them just doing that. Well, I'm gonna get... I can't even do the Southern accent. It's so bad. Do. It was terrible. I'm glad you mentioned that because I would, when I was recently rewatching that one, those two actually, I was like, why is this guy in these why? movies? Yeah. So I kind of... I mean, I have Live and I Die in my honorable mentions. Another one I have and I... I can't put it in yet because I still have to kind of decide on it. But I liked Spectre. Yeah, Spectre was good. It was. I thought it was good. It had its problems. It was really long. It's it was the longest Bond movie. Yeah, apparently ever. But it has a lot of parts that I'd like, and I would also put Goldmember. 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 <laughs> top five Austin Powers. <laughs> top five. That is a top five Austin Powers. Movie. <laughs> Barely. By default. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. I would also put. Uh, Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Holy crap. Uh, I would put Goldfinger just outside of my top five in my honorable mentions. I have, um, I would like to mention the two Timothy Dalton movies because... They're both good. Yeah, I like both of them, and I thought I thought that... They, I Growing up, I had a preconceived notion that they were bad for some reason. They're not. Because I heard less about them, and my yeah. dad didn't like them. So I had this, like, it was an uphill battle for me, but I was like, I watched them, and I'm like, he's good as Bond. Yeah, I like... I think I like Living Daylights a little better. License to Kill is dark, that is a weird but plot. also goofy. Yeah. And it like fits a little too much in. Living Daylights I'd like. Yeah. 
Um, I thought he was the precursor to Daniel Craig's version of, of Bond. I would agree with that. Like, the tone, you can see. Yeah. Yeah, and the actors they have now have been across the board really good. Yeah. And that wasn't always the case in a lot of the Bond movies. Yeah. It was, that was hit or miss yeah. back in the day. But that was also part of the charm, other than the stupid sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I kind of like... Um, it's terrible... But A View to a Kill. Oh, right. The last Roger Moore movie that also has Grace Jones. Yeah. Christopher Walken is like kind of likably really batshit crazy. Yeah. So that's, I think I'm going to put that in the honorable mention too. That's a good, they had a good double whammy of villains. Yeah. <laughs> Plus Diamonds Are Forever, the one that you mentioned with. Mr. Kid and Mr. Wind. Yeah, Mr. Kid and Mr. Wind. <laughs> so, so weird. So weird. Like that. That one's pretty goofy. That's when he fakes his death and he gets in the. He's in the. He's about to be burned in the funeral place, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, dark. There's so much stuff. Like I feel like if you were on, if I took, if I smoked peyote or something, uh-huh. and watched like Bond movies, I feel like those would mess with your head yeah because it's like if you really try to get down and nitty-gritty like follow the plot and like dissect it oh forget it you would be you would be you would just your head would explode yeah i don't know why that's always the case with the bond movies too like why hardly any of them have like a coherent plot right but i guess that's not really the point no it's not it's more like just entertainment yeah it's like strictly entertainment all right what do you want to see out of the next bond movie um to be honest with you, I don't know which direction they're going to go. Like, are they going to have Christoph Waltz come back? I feel like they were setting themselves up for, like, a mini-sequel. Kind of yeah. Thing. Which I don't want. Right. I want something different. Like, I want another new person. Yeah. Uh, maybe, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think if there's an actor that comes to mind that would be good to have, like, as a foil for him. Hmm. But I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. Oh, you know who would be good is that dude from uh, Oscar Isaac. He might be a good Bond villain. I could see that. He's pretty good in Like, he was in Ex Machina. He was, like, kind of a villain in that movie. He was really good. Yeah. I thought, uh, Inspector, like, Dave Bautista was pretty good. Yeah. If for no other reason than he was, like, huge. He is huge. And that, that train fight scene was good. Yeah. He did a good job. Yeah. I think, um, Daniel Craig actually hurt himself doing that. Oh, really? Yeah. They had a cool car chase, too, right after that, or before it. Yeah. Oh, that's... That movie... Yeah, I like that movie. I want to rewatch that movie. Yeah. Gotta find that. But what do you think? What do you want out of the next one? Uh, I don't know. I mean, if they're going with this, like, mini-sequel route, then... Yeah, I don't know how they would do that. I kind of feel like they're... I feel, like, so certain that they're doing... Because they didn't even convincingly kill Dave Bautista. No. So I think he's alive. I yeah. think they're just going to run it back, and then that'll be the end of the Craig movie. Maybe it'll be a crossover with wrestling. That could be the case. Or, I have an idea. Alright. Melissa McCarthy. Uh-huh. Sold. Her weird action movie from female thing that she does. Right. She's, a, she's she, the Bond she's villain. Unconvincing as an action <laughs> yeah, star. Yeah. <laughs> she's the Bond villain, and it's a weird comedy, and Daniel Craig has to play a comic <laughs> role. <laughs> I don't think that'll work out. You know, the, like, money. It'll be printing money. I got, like, Daniel Craig's a good actor, but, like... He's not I, funny. He's not funny. <laughs> but, like, I've seen 
There was one other movie I watched. It was like kind of a horror movie, sort of. I think it was called like Dream House or something. Okay. It was like the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. And he was in it? He was in it. It was like him and like Rachel Wise, Wise oh. or something like that, whatever her name is. She's an attractive lass. Yeah. But it's the two of them and it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Alright, so I think uh, uh, that will probably do it for this episode. Yep. Um, again... If you have any top five ideas, send them along to Whiskey Sessions uh, Music at gmail.com. We want your ideas. We do. And of course, speaking of Whiskey Sessions Music, if you haven't checked out our EP yet, please do. It's at whiskeysessions.bandcamp.com. Five great tracks. All about whiskey. Yep. And it's yeah, you're hippity hop. So that is it for this episode of Whiskey Session Podcast. We'll see you again real soon. This is A Mets and B Pimp. We are signing off. Bye. Bye.